Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. Is there a better time on the sports calendar than right now? We have the baseball playoffs. We have NBA and college hoops training camps underway. Tonight is opening night in the National Hockey League. Tomorrow night, we'll be at the Canes game as they open against the Canadiens. Of course, college football and the NFL are ramping up. I, I think, God bless America, when I think such things, but since Dan Shulman of ESPN, who has the call tonight for the AL wildcard game as the Rays visit the Oakland A's for the right to take on the Houston Astros in the next round, I will just say God bless North America. Dan <laughs> Shulman, welcome back. How are you? There you go. I'm great. That was a good save by you. But it's not even a save. You you had that lot. You had that in your sight. Yeah, that was a that was, that was a hanging curve that I threw to yeah. myself there. Yeah. Uh, hey, in the in the current postseason format adopted in 2012, only two wild cards have made the World Series. You have the Rays at the A's tonight. You saw what happened with the crazy Nationals victory over the Brewers last night. Uh, which of those three still standing looks the most dangerous to you, and why? I think it's the A's because I think the A's truly, truly believe they can beat anybody on any field on any given night. And, and listen, they could get whomped by the Rays. Tonight, right. right. Tampa Bay is a terrific team an underappreciated team an underrated team and so forth. But uh, the A's have a couple of secret weapons in their bullpen and Lazardo and Puck, a couple of rookies who are going to be starters for them next year. If Manaya can be okay tonight and they go to a guy like Lazardo when that Hendricks closes, like, they're good. It, it's it's not fair to them to call them an island of misfit toys or anything like that. You know, Chapman and Olsen are as good on the corners as any team in baseball. They're right there with Houston and, and anybody else. Simeon's had an MVP caliber year. He's not going to win it, but he's going to get a lot of votes. They've got really good defense. Uh, they've got a lot of power. And, and I think they have a tremendous amount of self-confidence and belief in themselves. And I know this. Here's the only thing I know for sure. It's going to be wild tonight, right. but it's the it's it's the most unusual baseball crowd in America or North America. And you know, during in, in June against uh, Minnesota, they might get twelve thousand tonight. They're going to get fifty three thousand, and it's going to sound like uh, five point three million. It's going to sound crazy there tonight. One description I heard is everybody has a mental image of an Oakland Raiders fan. Tonight yeah. will be kind of like Raiders fans rooting for the Oakland A's. Dan Schulman is joining us on the David Glenn Show. Cool options tonight. Dan has the call for ESPN Radio. You have ESPN proper. There's also an analytics-driven broadcast on ESPN2, all for this AL wildcard matchup. Taking a step back, we always like to ask you commissioner-style questions. We read a lot about record number of home runs. We read a lot about a record number of strikeouts. We saw some interesting uh, coverage of, you know, juiced baseball, and, and related theories in your eyes is there any reason for major league baseball officials to be concerned with any of those trends <laughs> given that it seems like tv money is great popularity is up and i don't know some traditionalists are, are screaming but uh, where do you stand right. on that uh it, it's interesting because it does seem sometimes like it's young versus old and progressive versus yelling at clouds and <laughs> you know i'm getting a little older right so i don't want to be on the i don't want to be on the wrong side of this equation but uh it, 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 here's an analogy that i use sometimes is you know something can be objectively better but but maybe you don't enjoy it as much like how many of us was our favorite car our first car. Mm. My first car wasn't my best car. Your first car wasn't your best car. You've got a nicer car now. I've got a nicer totally. car now. But there's something about that 
that first car that I really liked. It's okay to like different things, even if they're not quote unquote better. I feel like there's something different with the ball. I think we all know that. How, why, intentional, accidental, I don't know. But there's something different with the ball. And yes, home runs may be smarter and a better way to win games. And I get that. But I still think we've lost a little bit of the aesthetic value of the game. I, I'm, I'm, I like to see speed. I like to see defense. And I don't think we see those things in play or as important as they used to be. So I, I don't think we need to go back to, you know, to the dark ages or anything or dead ball or, or anything like that. And I appreciate analytics. I was an actuarial and stats major. Like cool. I get it, but you know, numbers are always rattling around in my head and, and I understand it, but I, but I think maybe we've gone a little bit too far and the pendulum can swing back a little bit. Uh, and, and again, how that happens, who decides, you, you know, and if you if you deaden the ball, or deadens the wrong word, if you get it back to the way that it used to yeah. be, that doesn't change. Will that change shifting? Will that change strikeouts? Will you know all those sorts of things? How interconnected are all of these different elements? But uh, I just feel for the younger generation that's used to doing six things at once, the ball's got to be in play a little bit more for them to be interested. But then again, you know, twelve year olds love home runs. Nobody. Nobody goes in their backyard, hits a wiffle ball, and stops at second. They run around the bases when they do that in their backyard, right? I respect your car analogy. A royal blue 1979 Jeep CJ5 that I did not even go. get my hands on until it was a decade old remains my favorite <laughs> car. Dan Schulman is joining us from ESPN. Given what you just described about baseball in 2019, whether you think of the favorites, mostly most are picking the Astros or the Dodgers or some of the Yankees, or you know the A's and the Rays or anybody else, do you believe that the home run strikeout theme continues into the postseason, or is there something different about dissecting every at-bat and every pitch that we'll see more old-school baseball? Well, it, it, it's funny because a lot of people say, you know, you can't be too dependent on the home run and you've got to be able to manufacture runs to win in October. And I have been one of those people on occasion, but I have read enough articles mm -hmm. that prove to me that it's not true, that I no longer feel that way. I think, I think what happens is in certain moments, it's huge. There is that one moment, a series maybe, where you just got to, you get, you just got to hit a fly ball. You just got to get that runner over so we focus a lot on that moment, but then we forget about the fact that you can't get three hits in a row off Justin Verlander. You can't get three hits in a row off Garrett Cole. So the only way you're going to beat them is to have, you know, maybe a walk and an air and a home run. That's yep. how you're going to get them. So sometimes I think we let the narrative uh, uh, that we want dictate, you know, where we're going with this. And, and you know, it's funny because one guy I used to talk, I, I don't talk to him about it as much anymore but I used to talk to him about it a lot is the current manager of the Yankees. When he was my broadcast partner, he, Booney was always, it's not true. Right, I'm telling right. you it's not true. And now we have, you know, with every passing year, we have more knowledge, more numbers, more, more evidence and so forth. So I don't think it's true. That, that having been said, there will be two or three moments where it's incredibly true, but overall you still need to hit home runs to win games. Do you know Dan Shulman just dropped some scientific method on us there? Did you catch that? Don't believe, Without even realizing. Don't believe what feels right, Americans. Right. Believe what the evidence suggests, <laughs> North Americans as well for that matter. As you see the popular picks being the Dodgers and the Astros, and I imagine you would have a, a breakdown for each as to why those are logical picks. 
are you on that track, or have you just seen enough craziness in baseball uh, to, to think that this is truly anybody's game? Well, it, it's always anybody's game. I, I mean, the 88 Dodgers weren't the best team. I don't know if the 05 White Sox were, but their starting pitching got crazy hot. And, and it, I, I don't know what the numbers are, but I remember reading it. Like, very rarely does the team with the best record in baseball right, during the regular right. season win the World Series. You, you know that. So, and, and the fact that Houston won 107, I think the Dodgers were 106, the Yankees were 105. There's nothing to, you know, split between those three teams. And I just went on and on about Oakland a couple of minutes ago, right? And if Oakland's going to get there, they're going to have to beat Houston to do it. But that having been said, I, I think the Astros are the best team. If I had to pick one team, yeah. it's the Astros. Now, I wouldn't pick the Astros versus the field. I would never, ever, ever in any year, no matter what happened, pick one baseball team over the field because baseball doesn't work that way. It's not the NBA. It's not the NFL. Um, it, it's more like college basketball, except the funny thing about baseball is it's not one and done. It's three out of five and four out of seven, and you still get all these upsets. But, you know, Houston, uh, you know, Verlander, Cole, and Granke's a pretty good starting point. Miley's a pretty good number four. Osuna's an above-average closer, and their lineup is phenomenal. Their lineup is every bit as good as the Yankees, and I think maybe better because, if we're going to go back to our previous conversation, sometimes if you don't get the long ball, they can do uh, they can do other things, I think. They've got a little more speed and a little – they walk a lot. They don't strike out very much. I think they're less vulnerable to getting Verlander in the playoffs uh, uh, by a great pitcher on the opposing team than a team like the Yankees is. I think the I think the Yankees conceivably could get absolutely shut down by a power pitcher having a terrific day. I think the Astros can find a way more often than the Yankees can. So uh, I really like Houston. They've been there before. They know what it takes. Uh, if there's a, a weakness, you know, maybe a little bit between the starters and the bullpen and, and the closer. But I think virtually everybody's got that except the Yankees to be honest with you. So I don't even know if it warrants being called a weakness. Last thing for Dan Shulman, catch him on ESPN Radio tonight. It's the Rays at the A's, 8 o'clock on the TV side, ESPN, ESPN2 with the analytics broadcast, ESPN Radio, where Dan will be joined by Chris Singleton. I don't know if you have a bottom line here, but pressure or, or let's say a franchise that hasn't won in a while. In some cases, it, it inspired those Red Sox from many years ago. You know, it inspired the Cubs and the Astros in different ways more recently. And at other times, it feels like that huge weight on your shoulders because, you know, I'm thinking of the Dodgers here. I grew up uh -huh. watching the Dodgers go to the playoffs every year. And it's hard for me to believe that they've gone 30-plus years without a World Series title. So they have all these things going for them. What is your bottom line? Are they going to play with desperation because they want to be the breakthrough, or are they carrying an unusual amount of weight with that 30-plus years of waiting? I think they're carrying a lot of weight. Uh, one of it is the 30-plus years, but the other part of it to me that's even bigger is they've been to the World Series each of the last two years. Yeah. Like if you, get knocked, if you get knocked out of the NLCS, which they had before that, you know, then if you get to, then you're playing to get to the World Series. But now you've been to the World Series twice, and you haven't won it in 31 years, and you spend a ton of money, and it's LA, and they got to win it. They they got to win it this year for it to be a truly successful season. And I think there is pressure uh, on the Dodgers, but in their favor, I think they've got a better culture and clubhouse this year than they've had on some of their other teams. I think there's finally totally buy-in on this is about 25 guys it's not about you it's about 25 guys i think they're at that point and the other thing too is with some of their recent teams like if kershaw would go out in game one and they would lose 
it was, uh-oh. And now Kershaw's probably not even the game on starter. They, they, he's still really, really good, but they've got Bueller and they've got Ryu. So they're not as dependent on him. This is the least dependent the Dodgers have been on Kershaw uh, in this last six or seven years. And I think that's huge because then, it, then it's not a, uh-oh, what if we lose his game? How do we recover? Now we got to win three out of the next four. Now we got to win four of the next six or something like that. So I think that's a, a, a big point in their favor. But yes, without question, the team going into the playoffs that has, now that Washington has won a playoff game, yeah. the team going into the playoffs that has the most pressure on them by far in my mind is the Dodgers. Always good stuff. God bless first cars and God bless North America. Thank you for your time. Butterscotch Brown, 84 Mustang hatchback. Attaboy. Dan Shulman of ESPN. <laughs> Catch him tonight on ESPN Radio. Rays at A's. Follow him on Twitter at dshulman underscore ESPN. Our next guests are not until our third hour. Anthony Beck to ESPN on football. John Forsland, the Carolina Hurricanes radio and TV play-by-play man. Also the North Carolina Sportscaster of the Year, and deservedly so. Those guests are later. Your calls are welcome on the other side. We have playoff baseball. We have a Canes question of the day. I gave you the number one thing that must happen for these 2020 Hurricanes to become another success story for the Carolina franchise. I'll welcome your questions and comments as the Canes take the ice tomorrow night. We'll have tickets versus the Canadians to give away. Also, Sunday tickets as the Canes host the Lightning at PNC Arena. NBA and college basketball training camps are in full swing. We have an NFL question of the day related to Vontez Perfect of the Raiders. Did the NFL do the right thing? with this incredibly long without pay suspension after his latest on-the-field misdeed. And are you with LeBron James? Are you with the state of California when they say the NCAA's amateurism model long ago became outdated and it's time for a new and better way? That law was adopted and signed on Monday. It does not take full effect until 2023. The NCAA has been given some time to figure things out or find a better way. But that is absolutely, positively a major shot across the bow of the National Collegiate Athletic Association. Your questions and comments on those topics and more. Thursday night football is coming to Carolina. Temple at ECU tomorrow night. Syracuse at NC State a week from tomorrow night. Both of those on ESPN. Why the Jacksonville Jaguars, who are coming to Charlotte on Sunday to take on your 2-2 two and two Carolina Panthers. Why they are a tricky matchup for your Panthers for reasons really unrelated to Minshew mania. More of your questions and comments on those headlines of the day. It's also a happy anniversary for some and unhappy for anniversary for others in the sports world. Something special happened on October 2nd, 1978, and Darren Vaughn has dug out the audio from the archives. That audio with your calls on those questions and more next on the David Glenn Show. UNC coach Roy Williams is joining us. You are uncomfortable with your name in the same sentence as Dean Smith. I know that I will never be as good as he was in in any way. Yet when I hear people say those things, yeah, those things are pretty neat. But I try to make sure that's about as far as I go. Keep it here on the David Glenn Show. The count's one and one. Two outs and two on. The Red Sox lead at 2-0 in the seventh inning here at Fenway. Deep to left. Yastrzemski will not get it. It's a home run. A three-run home run for Bucky Den. The Yankees now lead it by a score of three to two. Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. 
that was a happy anniversary for Yankees fans. A very unhappy anniversary for Red Sox fans. You okay in there, Darren Vaught? I know this was way before you were born. Yeah, see, that one outdates me, so I, it doesn't really doesn't really bother me. I, I understand its significance, but I can't say it it like, gives me shivers or anything. Bucky Dent hit the game-winning home run in that audio that Darren dug out from 41 years ago. It was October 2nd, 1978, the AL East tiebreaker game. So postseason, if you will, as we celebrate Dan Shulman's visit as the guy who's the voice of the Major League Baseball playoffs for ESPN or among them, as we look forward to John Forslund on hockey, Anthony Beck from ESPN on the NFL and some college football, Brandon and Raleigh wants to jump in on our hockey question of the day. With opening night tonight for many others around that league, what must happen for your 2020 Hurricanes to give this franchise back-to-back -back success stories. I circled on my short checklist the young forwards must make significant leaps from last year. 22-year-old Sebastian Ajo has the big new contract. He's got to live up to it even more than he did last year as an all-star. 19-year-old Russian sniper Andrei Sveshnikov needs to go from okay early to good in the middle to occasionally great late last year as the Canes made that long postseason run to more good nights and some great nights even more often. Yes, 19 is the time for somebody that was that high a draft pick that you need him to make a significant leap. There are other younger guys who fit this description. You might be like me and feel like you know what you're going to get from Jordan Stahl or Tavo Teravainen or other forwards, Jacob Slavin, Brett Pesci, or other defensemen. Those guys, we love the skill. We love their goal-scoring and playmaking ability, but they need to get even better as a Canes team projected by the experts to be brilliant on defense – but we'll see at forward and in net. Those are among the questions, even as the, the uh, Canes defense was rated number one by ESPN in its annual preseason preview. As we go to Brandon Raleigh, he has his own answer to that question of the day. We're also talking about the NFL. Vontez Perfect season-long suspension with the Raiders. Some are defending him, including his coach and some of his teammates. I'm defending the NFL because they have a big-picture issue with concussions. They have a big-picture issue with lawsuits. They have a big-picture issue where Vontez Perfect seems to be the shining example, the poster child, if you will, of a guy who just hasn't got it and a guy who gets more of these flags and more of these suspensions and more of these fines than anybody and can't seem to help himself. Season-long unpaid suspension is severe, but so are his actions, so is his body of work. You can jump in on the California versus the NCAA question as well. LeBron James offered his two cents as a guy who skipped college but envisioned what it would have been like for him to see his own jersey making millions for his university and him getting only the room board tuition stuff. The California model would allow for him to get money in that hypothetical from third parties, video game makers, shoe and apparel companies, Bob's tractors, or anybody else third-party style. You can jump in on that debate as well, 1-800-849-2761. As we go to Brandon and you, that – Bucky Dent home run. Remember, Bucky was a shortstop. He's joined us on the, our program many times over the years. It's been a little while. But Bucky Dent was a shortstop. He was not a home run hitter. And Bucky Dent hit that home run to give the Yankees the victory over the Red Sox. That was over the Green Monster, right? 
So Boston, being known for passionate fans of the Red Sox and other local sports teams, gave Bucky Dent, only in that corner of the universe, a certain nickname. Now, can you think of another nickname that would be used only in a certain region? Like, you either have a nickname or you don't. Like, Jim Catfish Hunter was a great baseball player, one of the best ever to come from the state of North Carolina. That's a great nickname, right? Jim Catfish Hunter. Well, it's not localized. It's not only when he was in North Carolina did people call him Catfish. He pitched for the Yankees. He pitched for the A's. Whether he was in California or the Big Apple or anywhere else, he was Catfish Hunter. Bucky Dent's eternal nickname in the New England area is Bucky, I can't say the real word, Bucky Bleeping Dent. That's what he is referred to universally by Red Sox fans specifically or Boston fans more generally. He joked about it. He jokes about it all the time when he visits with us. He thinks it's hilarious all these years later. But imagine in 1978, you're still the Red Sox at that point dealing with the curse of the Bambino and you haven't won a World Series in forever and the Yankees kept cranking out World Series and now your rival is at your place for the tiebreaker game and it's a close game and light-hitting Bucky Dent goes yard on you. 41 years later, fathers have handed down to sons that he must be referred to as Bucky Bleeping Dent. Is there, A, another sports nickname that just fades? If, you know, it's like stepping from one room into another. You're Bucky Bleeping Dent here, but you're just Bucky Dent in the other 49 states, or at least 44 states or so, given the New England region. Is there another nickname that fits that description? And is there a more creative way to get a nickname than what Bucky Dent did? It's not a traditional nickname, but it's a creative nickname and one born in a way unlike any nickname that I'm aware of. Brandon, welcome to the David Glenn Show. We have hockey and baseball and football on our mind, a little hoops as well. You must be a caniac if you're chiming in on that question of the yeah, day. What is okay. what what must happen for these Canes to give this franchise back-to-back success stories? David, I think uh, we need Brock McGinn to step up, man. He's got one of those nicknames, too, that you were just talking about. Uh, I think he's a really underrated forward in the NHL. And I uh, also think uh, our glue, man, the Marty Party, Jordan Martinuk, I think he's got to step up as a leader and uh, – kind of take over some of that loss that we got from Justin Williams and also uh, Justin Falk. Yeah. I did have one question for you, man. Lay it uh, on us. Over or under, man, what do you think on Andre Svechnikov? Yeah, 37 points last year. You think he's going to get over 60 this year? Over 60 points for Svech. I mean, you sound like somebody who would know the Vegas line. Is that is that the Brandon and Raleigh line, or is that like a Vegas line? Six, I think, hey, man, that's a Brandon and Raleigh line. All right. It's honestly, just a hope, man. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'll go over assuming good health. I, I really believe he's capable of being that kind of guy. I'm convinced if he stays healthy that he will get past that threshold. It's just a matter of whether is it this year and year two. He is only 19. I try to temper my expectations because he's only 19. But when you're that talented and you show you belong in this league as a rookie, I mean, there are other hockey players that step right into the NHL after being drafted. It's a low percentage, though, a very, very low percentage. You look at the rest of the Carolina Hurricanes' best players, 
almost all of them. I'm trying to think of another exception off the top of my head. Virtually everybody needs seasoning in the minors. Sometimes it can be five years of seasoning in the minors. And then you're, you know, 22 or so when you make the parent club. This guy was at 18, boom. You're drafted out of Russia, you're on the ice for the Carolina Hurricanes. That's now Sidney Crosby and guys, you know, Wayne Gretzky and guys like that have done it. It's just not easy. So the question is, how quickly does it come along? And Svetch is a physically strong young dude. We would all like to remind him there's no need to drop the gloves in any circumstances whatsoever. Let other dudes do that. Let Jordan Martinook beat somebody up who's really bothering you. The infamous Ovechkin bout from a year ago and all the controversy surrounding that. I think he learned the lesson the hard way there. And I think he's ready to just explode as an offensive uh, sniper and playmaker. So I'll go over 60, Brandon. I hope you're calling me at the end of the season to tell tell me that we were both right with our optimism because – Oh, yeah, man. Oh, yeah. I'll be calling you back, David. Thanks for having me. Thank man. you for listening. You got it. 1-800-849-2761. Question of the day, what must happen for the 2020 Canes to give this franchise back-to-back success stories after that drought of almost a full decade? 1-800-849-2761 is your ticket into the program. Anthony Becht, 30 minutes, college football, little NFL, NCAA amateur model as well. He was a star at West Virginia. He played 12 years in the NFL. Did he feel exploited by the Mountaineers because they were making money maybe off of his jersey or his number without him getting a cut of that action? That California law would allow for such third-party income for these college athletes. We'll ask Anthony to chime in on that topic of the week. John Forsland, in about 60 minutes, the TV and radio play-by-play voice of the Carolina Hurricanes will join us live. We'll talk about what has changed for the Canes in the eyes of the NHL media that mostly ignored our market and our franchise for the previous decade, but was given a lot of reasons to talk about the Canes last year on and off the ice with the storm surge and the bunch of jerks and the run to the Eastern Conference Finals. Forsland in 60 minutes, Becht in 30 minutes. More of your phone calls on the questions and topics of the day. NFL, college football, NHL, and the Jaguars' visit to the Panthers. Everybody's talking about Minshew mania. Now that Jacksonville has replaced Nick Foles, he's injured, with former ECU and Washington State quarterback Gardner Minshew. I love Minshew mania, but there is a much bigger factor that will turn this matchup into a win or a loss for your Carolina Panthers, as they as well remember are 2-2. Two and two. Two and two Jaguars at two and two Panthers. Whoever wins feels good about their future. Whoever loses has to deal with that next round of questions. And the Panthers, remember, are a game behind the New Orleans Saints. You don't want to fall two games behind. Kyle Allen once again in for Cam Newton. Gardner Minshew at the controls for the Jaguars. What is the trickiest aspect of this matchup for Carolina as I see it? That answer and your phone calls on the other side, 1-800-849-2761 is how you can join us on the David Glenn Show. Kevin Harlan is joining us. It was a boring game, and the guy ran out right through the formation as if he was a wide receiver <laughs> to be a part of the play. The guy is drunk, but there he goes. You always think of calling that dramatic last-second buzzer-beating shot or a touchdown pass or, or something more historic. This is the David Glenn Show. 
Experience all the Charlotte Motor Speedway has to offer, including the Z-Max Dragway, with a weekend of heart-pounding drag racing at the NPK and HRA Carolina Nationals starting October 11th. Check out all the weekend events and get your tickets now at charlottemotorspeedway.com. Don't miss the NTK and HRA Carolina Nationals at the Z-Max Dragway, located at America's Home for Racing, the Charlotte Motor Speedway. Seasonal influenza is serious and can be deadly. Protect your children by getting them vaccinated. Get fluent. Learn the flu facts. Visit preventchildhoodinfluenza.org. Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. One thing I promised, and then as many calls as we can get to, the baseball playoffs are back. You can chime in. Appreciate Dan Schulman for dropping by. Hockey is back. Question of the day for Kaniacs, what must happen? What's number one on your list of the things that must happen for the 2020 Canes to give this franchise back-to-back success stories? I went young forward development, Ajo, Svechnikov, Natchez, Fogel, and otherwise. Others have gone role players, others goaltending. You can be next with your answer to the Canes question of the day. Remember, we'll be live tomorrow from PNC Arena with our show, and we are giving away more tickets to the Thursday home game and the Sunday home game on today's show and again on tomorrow's show. You can be next at 1-800-849-2761. If you want in on the NFL, Jaguars at Panthers or otherwise, the question of the day surrounds the now-suspended Vontez Perfect. His 12-game remainder of the regular season unpaid suspension is on appeal, and he has his teammates defending him, but many others saying this is the right fit for the wrong crime. 1-800-849-2761. Thursday night football is almost here. Tomorrow night you'll get the 3-1 and Rams visiting the 3-1 and Seahawks the college level we get back-to-back Thursday night football matchups on North Carolina soil three and one temple visits Mike Houston's three and two ECU Pirates tomorrow night next Thursday it'll be three and two Syracuse visiting Dave Doran's three and two Wolfpack both of those that national window eight o'clock ESPN Thursday night special style more on the better matchups of the weekends to come with the one thing I promised as we come to your calls Gardner Minshew and Minshew mania are probably the things you've read most about the Jacksonville Jaguars as they've gone from, in some people's eyes, a promising preseason option for you as you made your predictions, to Nick Foles, the Super Bowl champion from the Eagles, gets his chance to start for the Jaguars but then gets hurt. Mint Gardner Minshew, formerly of ECU, star at Washington State, Low draft pick reflecting low expectations for him at the next level. Now he's plugged into the equation. Everybody loves his headband. Everybody loves his mustache. Everybody loves Minshew mania. And count me among those. I'm looking forward to seeing Jaguars, Panthers for a bunch of reasons. I think the winner can feel good about itself. I know we're not seeing the matchup that we originally intended. Hey, Nick Foles against Cam Newton. No, it's going to be Gardner Minshew against Kyle Allen. And we'll see if Allen can, A, limit his turnovers. He lost his jobs in college because of too many turnovers. How do you lose the starting role at Texas A&M and have to transfer? You turned it over too much. How do you lose the starting role at Houston and end up turning pro partly out of frustration because you couldn't keep your job as the starter for the Houston Cougars? Well, you turned the ball over too much. So here he is. He, he did great things to beat Arizona. He was below average this past weekend, and they kind of won despite Kyle Allen's three lost fumbles and really minimal offense beyond Christian McCaffrey for the Panthers as a whole. So we get Minshew mania against Kyle Allen. 
the guy who's won his first three road starts and joined Jeff Hostetler and Patrick Mahomes as one of only three quarterbacks in the Super Bowl era to go win, win, win all three on the road in his first three career starts. That's fun trivia. We'll see how he follows it up and things that actually matter with the Jaguars coming to town. So the Jags are two and two. The Panthers are two and two. Again, the winner feels good about himself. The loser maybe fades a little further away from the playoff picture. Whereas the headlines are around K.K. Short out for the season for the Panthers, Gardner Minshew and Minshew Mania for the Jaguars, other key players. You know what the trickiest part of this matchup is for the Carolina Panthers? Even though the Panthers have, I looked up at football outsiders. They do a really good job of just crunching numbers and being objective about things. Best defense in the NFL, whether it's your eyeball test or you're an analytics major, is the New England Patriots, okay? That's where the bar is set, as is often the case with Bill Belichick, defensive genius and resident goat in New England leading the way. Statistically speaking, through these four weeks, Patriots' best defense and truly dominating. 49ers are actually second, helping explain their great start. The Bears, we've known for a couple years now, truly dominant on defense. They're number three. Sean McDermott's Buffalo Bills are fourth. And again, that's a big reason why the Bills got out of the gate quickly. And then there's your Carolina Panthers at number five. It's a guessing game with Kyle Allen at quarterback. It's a guessing game on an offensive line that's already been hit by some injuries and had a rookie, Greg Little, starting at left tackle. Sometimes it's a guessing game at wide receiver. Not that Curtis Samuel or DJ Moore have disappointed, but they don't have a go-to guy the level of a Michael Thomas in New Orleans, a Julio Jones in Atlanta, or a Mike Evans in Tampa. A lot of guessing on the offensive side of the ball. And then a top-five defense for Ron Rivera that I think provides that kind of foundation of hope that the Panthers can turn out to be what many of us, including me, thought they would be back in August, and that is a playoff-caliber team. Now, we didn't know the Cam Newton injury was coming, and that's a big detour. But the trickiest matchup to me as Jacksonville invades Charlotte is actually the Leonard Fournette factor. He's one of the most prominent players on that team, and it's easy to forget if you get too much tunnel vision on the Panthers. As we around here discuss Christian McCaffrey... Do you know who has the highest percentage of snaps among all running backs in the NFL right now this year? It's Christian McCaffrey at 99%. Do you know who has the most total yards at running back this year in the entire NFL from the running back position? Answer again, Christian McCaffrey. Catching and receiving, he's at about 157 yards per game. He has become a true phenomenon. Outstanding year last year, added some bulk He's running wide as we knew he could. He's catching passes as we knew he could out of Stanford. He's even bulked up to the point where he's running between the tackles better than I ever would have guessed. And it's a credit to that young man's work ethic and the Panthers' scouting department. You draft a player for what he is, and he was brilliant at Stanford, but of course you're drafting what you think he can be. And if you have the right work ethic and Ed McCaffrey's DNA and all that stuff, he's fast enough, he's become strong enough, and he is a true difference maker for the Panthers, yet another first-round pick that's paying off nicely. Do you know who else is on those short lists of the most used running backs and the highest yardage running backs? It's Leonard Fournette. McCaffrey's first in both of those categories. Fournette is top three in both of those categories. He's playing 91% 
of the Jaguars' offensive snaps. He's averaging 130 yards per game combined rushing and receiving. And this is where it gets important for me. The Panthers gave up a ton of rushing yards to the L.A. Rams in losing year uh, week one. It was not only Todd Gurley. Remember, the Rams' backup was pushing them around a little bit. And whereas the Panthers are right now a top-five defense, when you peel the onion a little bit, they're a top-five defense far more because they're shutting down the pass than because they're shutting down the run. James Bradbury blanketed DeAndre Hopkins. Deshaun Watson had some time on a lot of pass plays and simply did not like what he saw from Ron Rivera's defense. Either Ross Cockrell was blanketing somebody or James Bradbury was all over Hopkins or the linebackers, very quick guys with Shaq Thompson and Luke Keekley, they were covering their men well as well. So Deshaun Watson holds the ball, holds the ball, holds the ball. Nobody's open. And that's how the Panthers go back-to-back. Eight sacks of Kyler Murray in Arizona, six sacks of Deshaun Watson and the Houston Texans. The Panthers are now tied, again, after last year being among the worst in the NFL at sacks. The Panthers are now tied with the Patriots for number one in that department. So you're clearly... Your plan is working against the paths. Brian Burns is a threatening edge rusher. You occasionally do get pressure up the middle. Your corners are playing well. Ross Cockrell, James Bradbury, or before he got hurt, Dante Jackson made some really big plays. Your safeties are covering well enough, although most safeties, that's not what they do best. But if the Rams ran for 166 yards with two different tailbacks, and I know the Cardinals, or no, in, in week two, when the, the Panthers dropped to 0-2, I know the Buccaneers did not just run roughshod over the Panthers, but, man, when they needed just a couple yards, who did you think was the tougher team in the trenches? It was not the Carolina Panthers, and that was a little bit of an alarm bell. I think the Buccaneers only ran for maybe 100 yards and change. But, again, when they needed the crucial yards, they got them. Add to this analysis – that one of the best athletic run-pass stoppers that the Panthers have was just declared out for the year. K.K. Short's gone. So you still have Gerald McCoy, and they need him to step up. You still have sort of the fire hydrants in the middle and Dante, Dante Poe and Kyle, uh, his backup Kyle Love. But now you got to use more an F.A. Abada. Now you got to ask the former first-round pick, Vernon Butler, to go from some weeks inactive in his career to most weeks backing up and barely playing in his career to now maybe being a starter in a game where you know the Jaguars are trying to pound the rock. And Leonard Fournette, folks, last week against the Broncos, 29 carries for 225 yards. That is, you know what's coming and you still can't stop it. McCaffrey is doing for the Panthers with a different style what Leonard Fournette is doing for the Jaguars. Minshew mania is fun. Beating the Jaguars far more boils down to making Gardner Minshew have to beat you because Leonard Fournette can't do to the Panthers what he just did to the Broncos. He is built even more like a runaway freight train than Christian McCaffrey is. In the trenches, Christian's good. In the trenches, Fournette is great. He was great at LSU. He's great in the NFL. That is task number one. And whereas a top five defense has harassed quarterbacks in passing conditions, has covered well down the field, 
They were pushed around a lot by the Rams, and they were pushed around a little bit by the Bucks. They can't get pushed around by the Jaguars in front of Leonard Fournette, or they would be in for a long afternoon like the Broncos were last week. 1-800-849-2761. Bob is in Wilmington and has opening night in hockey on his mind. Bob, welcome to the David Glenn Show. Go right ahead. Very excited. Uh, got a Whaler sweater when I lived in Connecticut, and they moved here the same year I moved here. I nice. got to watch them with a couple thousand of my closest friends in Greensboro when they moved here. <laughs> cool. Good I to have you. I got to see the New England Whalers, but uh, I did get to see a whole lot of Harper Whalers games. So what's, what's your key? Thing this year, yeah. The key is for people to show up and keep the momentum going. We need the Kaniac to show up in force and more Whalers nights, of course. <laughs> He's calling you out, Kaniacs. Now, we know they'll show up on the opening night. I don't know if it's technically a sellout, and I don't want to say that if it's not, so the Canes don't get mad at me. It is close to a sellout. We have tickets to give away. Thank you for calling Bob and Wilmington. The Kaniacs are a little further down my personal list of keys to the upcoming season, but they're on there somewhere. As Rod Brindamore said, it matters. It matters to the home team. And sometimes it matters to visiting teams that this has become one of the loudest buildings in the National Hockey League. That's not just us saying that. That was international broadcasters saying that as guests on our show, opposing coaches and players saying that from time to time as well. Kaniacs matter. Good goaltending matters even more. <laughs> Veteran defense matters even more. Young up-and-coming forwards matter even more. But, yes, the, the Kaniacs being a difference maker in that building. It can't be what I've seen a lot as a season ticket holder, sell out on opening night, and then the second, third, and fourth home games are kind of humdrum crowds. For years, Kaniacs had a good answer if you said, why didn't you renew your season tickets? Well, I'm tired of putting out all that money for not making the playoffs. Like you had, That's a pretty good answer. I mean, I kept renewing, but I have maybe a different perspective than you have on why I love being a season ticket holder to the Canes. I wasn't calling you out if you stopped going under those miserable circumstances. You don't have the same answer anymore. And if you want the Canes to continue to be special on the ice, I think it's fair to ask Kaniac Nation to continue to be special on a more consistent basis as well. Anthony Becht on football in 10 minutes. John Forsland, more hockey in 45 minutes. Glad you're with us on the David Glenn Show. Gary Player joining us. This morning, I did 1,300 sit-ups and crunches. Wow. I pushed 300 pounds with my legs, and I ran on the treadmill. You are one of the legends of golf, and you've been an inspiration as a person as well. What a nice compliment, and God bless America. You're listening to The David Glenn Show. Anthony Becht played in the NFL for more than 10 years. He was a star at West Virginia. He's now a college football analyst for ESPN. We'll talk college football, NFL, and the NCAA's under-fire amateurism model. Anthony Becht, John Forslund later, Anthony Becht, and more football next on the David Glenn Show. Kurt Busch is joining us, 38-year-old champion of the Daytona 500. Well, I went out with Gronk last night after uh, after we won the race. Did you really? Also, it was fun. Got about an hour's sleep. I asked him, I go, hey, when do you have to report to training camp? He goes, July. I said, well, we can't be friends because i got to <laughs> go back to racing. Stay with us on the David Glenn Show.